No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the second major division of Isaiah dealing with God's restoration and deliverance. It begins with a simple message to the Jews, Comfort My People. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 40 on Simply the Bible. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are filled with messages of judgment, along with some prophecies about the birth of Christ. But chapters 40 through 66 emphasize restoration and deliverance, along with prophecies about the sufferings of Christ and his glorious return. When Isaiah wrote these prophecies of restoration, Judah still had over 100 years of difficulty ahead of her before she fell to Babylon and then she faced 70 years of captivity. Anticipating the future captivity and God's restoration, Isaiah wrote to encourage the people of Judah to live righteously in the present day, despite the difficulties that were on the horizon. We continue today in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I have read those two verses at countless funerals because there is no one like God who comforts those who mourn. Not only does he comfort the bereaved, but he also comforts all his children through every trouble, pain, or heartache. And it was this comfort that Isaiah was told to speak to the people of Judah. Now, in order to comfort his people, God first had to bring before them their true condition. The people of Judah were far from perfect, and they had times of discipline and warfare ahead of them. God, in his gracious mercy of comfort, begins by showing us our need and then his remedy. He wounds so that he may heal. We never know God in the fullness of his power to heal and comfort until we first come to the end of ourselves. H.A. Ironside wrote, What greater privilege can we have on earth than to enjoy the abiding presence of the God of all comfort as we face the perplexities and bitter disappointments that we are all called on to endure? Well said. Now, when God told Isaiah to tell Jerusalem that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, he did not mean that they had been punished twice as much as they deserved. God is just and would never do that. In fact, the opposite is true. He does not visit us as our sins deserve. Judah had been guilty of idolatry and disobedience for many, many years. She had broken her covenant with the Lord. Therefore, he would not let her go entirely unpunished. 
When he speaks of giving her double for all her sins, it means that the matter is now settled. Justice has been satisfied and God has forgiven his people and he will remember their sins no more. Remember that Isaiah is looking about 160 years into the future after the Babylonian captivity when a remnant of captives would return to Jerusalem. But even this was merely a foreshadow of the complete atonement and forgiveness that will occur when Jesus Christ returns at the end of the Great Tribulation to establish his millennial kingdom. Verse 3 the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When Handel wrote The Messiah, he relied heavily on Isaiah chapter 40 for the lyrics of several of his songs, including these verses I just read. Now, this speaks of the forerunner. In John's Gospel, the first chapter, we read of when the Jews sent priests and Levites to John the Baptist. They said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And John replied, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So John quoted these verses from Isaiah and applied them to himself. The imagery is of the king's highway. Everything must be prepared for the coming king so that his glory may be revealed. John the Baptist came preparing the hearts of the people to receive Jesus Christ. Even today, hearts must be prepared to receive him. Mountains of pride must be brought down. Valleys of despair must be filled with hope. Crooked paths of unrighteousness must be straightened. These things are accomplished by the word of God, applied by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we pray for revival in America because we need it. But before there can be any real revival, Hearts must first be prepared, and often it is in the midst of hard times where the foundations of people's lives have been overturned that people are willing to listen to the truth. And that is what makes me very hopeful about where we are at today. Now, when Isaiah was first called to be a prophet, he had a vision of the throne of God, and he heard the seraphim above the throne cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. From the heavenly perspective, the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord, even though today the world may not see it. But the day will come, as we are told here, when the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. I say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Verse 6, the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. 
It is interesting to me how much money some people will spend on themselves to try to keep themselves from looking old. But all our loveliness is as the flower of the field that withers and fades. You could have enough facelifts, tummy tucks, and liposuction to single-handedly keep a plastic surgeon in business. You could get hair replacement and Botox every wrinkle you can find, but your beauty will still fade and you will still look old. These bodies grow old, wear out, and eventually give up the ghost. Surely the people are as grass. But the word of our God stands forever. The fact that we are studying it 2,700 years after Isaiah wrote it is proof. Now, according to the writings of the LDS Church, Joseph Smith stated in the eighth article of faith, we believe the Bible to be the word of God as far as it is translated correctly. But who determines which portions are translated correctly? The moment someone presumes to know which scriptures are inspired and which are not, then that person has made himself a judge over the word of God. But God said that his word stands forever. And we believe what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. His word endures forever. Verse 9. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. This is the verse that Jews for Jesus use for their Behold Your God campaigns in cities as they witness on the streets and especially in Jewish communities. This is the model for everyone who would share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good tidings means gospel. We should go up, as it were, into the high mountain for the gospel isn't to be hidden, but shouted from the rooftops. We are to lift up our voices with strength and courage, for we have the only solution to man's problem of sin, death, and judgment to come. Our message is, behold your God, Emmanuel, has come. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved and forgiven of all your sins. So let us never be ashamed to share this good news with everyone who will listen. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. When Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, he was speaking of the coming of Christ. He would come with a strong hand, turning over the tables of the money changers, bringing reforms to the man-made traditions of works, and revealing the true nature of God. And he would come also as the good shepherd, feeding his flock, gathering the lambs with his arm, and carrying them in his bosom. Now Jesus said of himself that he is humble and gentle in heart. He gently leads those who are with young. And we may come to him just as we are and find rest and peace with God through Jesus Christ. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? 
Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him and taught him in the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? And so Isaiah is really pointing out here who is like the Lord. Who measures the waters, the oceans in his hand? Who measures the heavens with the span, which is the distance between the end of your thumb and your pinky? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Who has given him counsel? I think sometimes we try to give the Lord counsel. We try to tell him what he should do, how we think he should answer our prayers. But the reality of it is no one gives the Lord counsel, for he is all-knowing and all-wise. Verse 15, Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beast sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. And so just the comparison between the sovereign Lord and the nations which are as only a drop in a bucket. All the sacrifices that they could offer would be insufficient to take away their sins. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And that is the comfort by which we comfort those who are sinners, who are in any need and any trial. God is the God of all comfort, and Jesus is our Good Shepherd. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program with Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see that the Lord is incomparable to any idol. He is sovereign over the earth and princes, and He sees all. He gives power and strength to the weak who wait on Him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.